John chapter 11. Wonderful, wonderful. We're looking at the I am, I am's of Jesus. Last week I introduced a new series. We're going to be looking over these summer weeks, which is the I am's of Jesus. And by the way, you can always get our teaching on YouTube and on or SoundCloud. Okay, so YouTube forward slash the Apex Church, you will find us and SoundCloud. But the simplest, easiest way, because Glenn puts it on, is just go to the church website under resources and you'll find all of our, our teaching there is available. As part of uh, this launch last week, I talked about some of the things that I feel God has been speaking to me about as I've been processing my, my recent time away in Burundi. And I talked about my observation of Donna. There's a lady called Donna that we very much support as a church. And my observation of all that she is doing out there and how impacted I was and continue to be by her constant need for wisdom and how she continuously goes to God in faith and for faith. And we said that this is a vital component of our Christian walk. To go to God in faith and for faith. But perhaps especially for those of us who live in this first world context, the big question as we face the things that we do, the challenges that we do in our lives, personally and as a church, the big question is what do we do? As challenges come, as that email comes, the phone call comes, um, as, as issues arise, what do we do? Even more importantly, where do we go? The Bible is very clear. We go to the one who says, I am. I am. And that's what we're going to be looking at in all sorts of different ways over these next weeks. Today, I want to look at one of the biggest subjects that we all live with. That affects every single one of us. Can anyone guess? We've sung about it actually quite a lot today already. Life and death. John chapter 11. Life and death. John 11, verse 1. A man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who'd poured perfume on the Lord's and wiped his feet with her hair. The sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to the disciples, Let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you there, and you're going to go back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It's when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he'd said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. Now let's go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest and the disciples, 
Come on, let's also go that we may die with him. The intonation isn't there in the Bible, but it's just how I feel about that verse. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. Many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. Lord, we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the authority of it. We thank you for the truth of it. We pray as we look at your word together, you would speak to us and help us to receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. I think I've mentioned before, but my mum died very suddenly on leap year day, February 29, 1988. She was 45 years old. I was a 23-year-old Bible college student. And in preparation for the funeral, my, my dad, who was a very committed Christian, but in utter turmoil in his mind and thinking, he, he came to me and he said, what shall we say at the graveside? And my mind was pretty much in turmoil as well. <clears throat> I said, I don't think it matters too much. As long as the person who is committing her says this, in sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ensure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For those who've surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ, who've asked, them, asked him to be their Lord and Saviour, we can have a sure and certain hope of resurrection to eternal life. Somebody say amen. It can give us a great hope for the future. But as Joyce so wonderfully prayed in the prayer meeting today, it can also give huge implications for how we live today. It was such a confirmation, Joyce. I don't know where she is. Such a confirmation when she said that. Lord, your resurrection is about today. And I was going, yes! According to Jewish tradition at the time, the soul of a departed person remained near or around the body for up to four days. Uh, and then it would leave completely. So when John says in, 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 chapter, in verse 17, the body of Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days, he's actually saying it was completely dead. There's no question over the matter. That's what he's, that's what he's saying. I want to speak about our position. We were dead. Ephesians 2, verse 1, as for you, you were dead. Okay, that's what the Bible says. You were dead in your sin. 
You were dead in your transgressions and sins. Colossians 2, verse 13. When you were dead in your sin and the uncircumcision of your flesh. I haven't got time today to unpack all of these great biblical truths. But the Bible declares us outside of Christ, before we are following Christ, surrendered to Christ, we are dead. We live in a world that's looking for hope. There's a lot of people with a lot of answers, but the Bible says outside of Christ we are dead. You, as for you, you were dead. But we are people of good news, aren't we? I need some people to smile this morning. I think you're already warm. If you need water, by the way, there is a tap just through those doors there, and there is also a loo. So um, if, you, uh, if you need it, please help yourself. It is warm, I realise that. But let's get hold of this truth. The great news at the heart of the gospel of the Christian faith is that when you were dead, we have to carry on with Bible verses. It's so important. When you were dead, God made you alive. Hallelujah. Come on. If you start cheering, you'll get more out of me as well. He forgave us some of our sins. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, totally indebted to the just judgment of God, dead. We could not move. We could not. We cannot save ourselves. He forgave us, cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us, condemned us. He's taken it away and nailed it to the cross. But what's vital for us to understand is this. We've not just been saved from our sins, which somehow makes us feel encouraged, even a bit better now, but we have been given new eyes, a new mind. We've been given a new perspective, an eternal perspective. What we see now is not all that there is. We see beyond. We see beyond. For many, we struggle. I think many Christians, many believers do struggle. Will we be raised from the dead? What does that mean? What does that look like? I'd love another day to to actually speak on what I believe it means to, to die in Christ. But I'm going to touch on some of it today. And it can be very challenging to have that assurance. Assurance is so key. But you see, if we're not living with assurance, if we're not living with an eternal perspective, what it means is that we'll find ourselves, oh well, I'll just do what I can now. I'll just get the best I can out of now. And we finish up living for for the now, what the world has to offer now. As Andrew Wilson puts it in one of his books, uncertainty can lead to ungodliness. Uncertainty, because the enemy will get a foothold and say, come over here, come and have a look at this. Uncertainty can lead to ungodliness. John wants us to see, and he wants us to understand the big picture, which is why he goes on into so much detail with this particular story. There are times in the Bible where you think, this is a really detailed story. There's a reason why the detail's there. John wants us to to understand You see, even a close follower of Jesus, like Martha and, of course, her sister Mary, they're still trying to grasp what's going on. 
Verse 24 shows us she's looking into the future, but she's looking into that dim, distant future of, of possibly someone maybe. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. She said, I know he will rise again at the resurrection from the dead. She had an understanding of that, but it was something that was very dim and in the future. She's talking about what the Pharisees taught, which was that there was, there was a future resurrection, but somehow it was far off. It was very vague. There wasn't much assurance with it. And, and actually, it was also related to when the Messiah would appear. Who was there right beside her? Who was beside the woman at the well? Who was there right beside her? Who was it? Sorry, there's another personal story. You'll have to wait a couple of weeks for that one. (laughs) Who was there? The Messiah. I am. He's standing there saying, I'm the resurrection. And oh, yeah, I believe in that. You know, one day when the Messiah comes again. Hello? Jesus invites her to radically reshape her thinking. He invites us to do the same. Resurrection life which triumphs over dead is not confined to some dim, distant future. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life and it's present now. Now. That's why in my deep grief and sorrow and with my dad... What, what can we say? What words can we use? I don't know. I, I, we, we haven't really got the words except ensure and certain hope of resurrection from the dead through the Lord Jesus Christ. This great I am that Jesus is saying is not just a message of resurrection and life. It's not just a message. It's just not a nice thing that we memorize in Sunday school. I am resurrection. I am life. I'm going to bring some application in a few moments, so be ready with your notebooks on that one. The whole message of the Bible, of God's big story, has been leading right up to this point. Right up to this point. There's a deep longing right through the New Old Testament. There's a longing. It's a longing for a new era, a new age. For God's kingdom rule and reign to be seen and and known on the earth as it is in heaven. It's a longing actually in the heart of God. It's a longing he's put there in his people for the whole of creation to be healed and restored. It's a longing of his people and you find it in the prayers, you find it in in the Psalms and in the Proverbs. And Jesus comes announcing, good news, it's here. It's here. The kingdom of heaven is here now. God's rule, God's reign is here. I am resurrection. I am life. Because of the grace of God, totally undeserving though we are, we get to be on the receiving end of this great truth. Just listen to three very famous Bible verses and take take them in. I have been crucified with Christ, Galatians 2. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We could take a whole morning on just that verse. I'm living in Christ. I'm in Christ. Romans 6, verse 3. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized 
into his death. By the way, we're just making plans and preparations to have our own baptistry, which we're going to have set up here. So if those of you have been thinking about baptism or been talking to others, we're going to start having baptisms here. We can be baptized in the sea as well, by the way, if you want that. But just to say, we were baptized into his death. We'll be reading verses like this. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For we have been united with him in death like his. We will certainly also be united with him in resurrection like his. Colossians 2 having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. A Christian believer is someone who is in Christ. That's what a Christian is, someone who's in Christ. And because we're in Christ, we are in his death. When Christ died and we surrender our lives to him, we are baptized into his death. But as I often say in baptisms, we don't leave people glugging under the water, okay? We bring them up again because we are raised again to new life. And whether we walk up some steps of a baptistry or we walk up the beach of the, of the, local, uh, of the sand of the local beach, we are walking on in Christ. We're baptized into his death. All that his death meant, we receive Full forgiveness of sins, new life in Christ, an inheritance that cannot perish or spoil. Somebody smile. Amen? This is the truth that is ours. We're in Christ because I am resurrection and I am life. Not just a vague hope in the future, but now. Because I'm in Christ, I have a sure and certain hope that I will be raised from the dead to an unimaginably glorious and wonderful future with Jesus in a new heaven and a new earth. And many of us are saying hallelujah about the fact we get new bodies. (laughs) In Christ I've died with him in his death. I'm raised with him in his resurrection. We're raised because we are in him. To believe in Jesus means the power of death, the fear of death in your life, is defeated. In pastoral ministry, I guess over the years, one of the challenges that I've often faced uh, that people have come and we've talked through and prayed is fear. I think fear possibly is one of the biggest issues for Christians. But we can be released from that fear as we come to know and understand, I am resurrection. I am life, and you are in me. Amen? Yes, there may be a moment of physical ending, but for the believer, that is not death. It's not the end of hope. It's not an empty sense of loss. I had a couple of conversations just recently where, where people have had to go to funerals of those who were not consciously, as far as we were aware, believers. You yourself may have been to a humanist funeral, but I know whenever I talk to a Christian that goes to a funeral of someone who potentially doesn't know Christ and the family doesn't, Christians come away deeply challenged by those kinds of times. One of the things they will often say is there's no hope. There was no, there was no sense of hope and expectation. 
Forgive me if this presses buttons in you, but this is the reality. But for those of us who are believers, we have this hope and we want others to know this hope. We want them to know the I am that we have come to know. That it's not the end of hope. It's not an empty sense of loss. I live in a present reality of an eternal life in God. I've received by putting my faith in Christ, the risen Savior of the world. This is what Jesus goes on to say to Martha in the second half of 25 and 26. He who believes in me will live. That's not just have a few parties. That's an inner awareness of life eternal. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. I was brought up in the, in the brethren uh, um, denomination of the church. We never really used to use the word die. We used to talk about people falling asleep. Um, some of you may also have used that language. But this partly comes from this story. It's asleep in Christ. Because the thing about death is it does describe something very final. We recognize that. But for the Christian, it is only just the beginning. It's the beginning of eternity. <clears throat> In fact, <clears throat> I'm sure the theologian over here would be correcting me. The beginning's already begun, actually. But, um, but you know what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> I just called you a theologian there. Eh? That's good. So there's a promise of future resurrection after death that is strengthened by assurance that life is found and comes from Jesus who will never die. I want to just point out to you that there's a double negative there. When Jesus says they will never die, it's a double negative in the Greek, I'm, re- I'm reliably informed. So will never, no, never. Okay? Never, no, never. All right? That's the, the sense of it. So we're coming into to land. It's wonderful to have the assurance and comfort of a future life. But what is even more important is to know that right now. Whatever we're going through, we shall never, no, never, be separated, soul and body, from the presence of the God of love. So let's just think of some points of application. What do we do with this this afternoon? What do we do with it tomorrow? The resurrection, life-bringing power of the Lord Jesus is available now. Now. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive today. And so wherever Jesus is welcomed, personally and corporately, wherever he's received as Lord, his resurrection life is also going to be present. And so we can... Indeed, we should expect it to have a profound impact on everything. Because we're not just looking at the immediate bill. We're not just looking at the immediate email. We're not just looking at the immediate circumstance. There is a perspective that goes beyond. The power of God is at work today. 
The moment a man, a woman, a child puts their trust in Jesus, surrenders their lives to his lordship, they begin to experience something of the age that is to come breaking in now. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is among you. It's here. It's now. Now we know that there is a not yet element to that. But it's here now. We can expect signs. Signs of the inbreaking kingdom of God. It's not just promise of good in the future. It's powerful present reality. He is resurrection and life. So we can pray for, we can look for, and we can know his power at work in our lives right now. Which includes the truth that we can expect to see people being healed who are sick. Because he is alive today. Now there's a whole subject, discussion, uh, a teaching on, well, why is not everybody healed It's partly related to this kingdom now and not yet. But we can expect God to move today. Amen? That when uh, there in Burundi, uh, a dear, dear woman uh, who's been exposed uh, to demonic oppression, she's had things happen in her life, begins to manifest the uh, deep trauma in her life. We're able, in the name of Jesus, to see her set free. Delivered, set free, to be again in her right mind. She's utterly distressed. She's um, beginning to be sick and, and foaming. She's using words that she doesn't know. She is deeply traumatized. But in the name of Jesus, as Donna and the team gather around her and I, I and others join in, she's set free. And then a couple of her other friends who are there with her also begin to manifest bad things, not good things. One of them is, is growling. And you know, again, in the name of Jesus, let your power come. Let life come. Let deliverance come. And these ladies, eventually there's three ladies sitting in their right mind and they're worshipping and praising God and receiving the power of God. Amen? Pray for a little baby whose ear is all swollen. And, and so badly infected that discharge is coming out of his ear. And you think, what do I have? What, do, what can I do? You pray. We lay on hands and we pray. We see that baby three days later. The ear is no longer swollen. The discharge is gone. And there's a big smile on his face. And the mother is giving thanks to God. It's not just a message. He is resurrection. He is life. So we can pray for and look for and expect people to be healed. We can expect those who are captive to life-controlling habits, drug addiction, those who are crippled by fear, those who are battling with depression, they can be released. Now some of you are living with that today and it's a reality. You say, I've been prayed for many times. I want to pray. Let's pray again. Let's keep praying. Let's pray in these prayer meetings Because he is resurrection and life, and we believe he is at work in our world today. Amen? So there's resurrection, life-bringing power now. Secondly, assurance. Okay, so power now, life-bringing, resurrection power now. Secondly, assurance. 
He who leads us and gives us life will not lose us. Okay, he will not lose us. As we submit our ways to him, as we keep following him, as daily we choose him, we need to know we are choosing one who won't give up on us. He will not lose us. When we know him by faith, we no longer need to fear death. We no longer need to fear death. 1 Corinthians 15, 54. When the imperishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? I've had the privilege of taking many funerals and thanksgiving services over the years of my Christian ministry. There's nothing greater than a Christian funeral. Because we have such a hope. And sometimes there's been huge times of worship and declaration in the midst of tears. And uh, in the midst of the trauma sometimes of people's lives. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? So we have an assurance. The empty tomb gives us absolute confidence that life has overcome death for anyone who is in Christ. We can stand in the workplace. We can stand at the graveside as a believer in sure and certain hope of the resurrection to eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. Power now. Life-giving power now. Assurance now. Thirdly, we can live freely in full surrender to Christ and his call on our lives. See, the certainty of resurrection is incredibly powerful and people who know it and get hold of it begin to live radical lives. They begin to live lives that are not just (coughs) finding my way through, just getting through, just barely making it through. What they do is they take up that cross and they die to self. They hide themselves in Christ and they live for Christ, the one who is the resurrection and the life. And because they're sure of their resurrection in Christ, they know resurrection life with them now, they begin to give their time, their finances, their lives. They pick up their whole families in the midst of education and they move to another part of the world so that others might know the gospel. They begin to give of their time and their finances. Not just the loose change in their pocket, but actually they give generously, sacrificially. Why? Because now is not all that there is. There is an eternal perspective and I want others to know it. And I want others to receive it. And their lives begin to be radical. And people will say, even a neighbour said to me, what on earth would you want to go to the poorest country in the world for? Did you go on holiday? No, I didn't. It's the poorest country in the world. It's not the kind of place to go on holiday. What would you go there for? Why would you go there and catch COVID and be there an extra week and a half? Because Jesus is alive. Because he's working in the lives of the poorest of the poor who literally are sleeping in the dust. But they're being raised up. New life is being brought to them. Hope is being brought to them. We've said before and we'll say it again, but you'll hear again some stories on Thursday. But people will say about Donna, how on earth does she do it? How does she live in that context? How does she do it day after day? Because I am the resurrection. I am the life. Can I invite you to stand?
I want us to pray as we respond. Um, I think, Hannah, it would be good to help me with this if you can. We've got good 15 minutes. I think this is a morning, a moment just to be ready to respond. I'm just mindful that there are one or two, when we talk about death, it's very raw, it's very real. I know that personally myself. It's not my heart for anyone to go away worried or frightened. My heart is that you would go away with assurance and hope. But it may be that for one or two people here, you're saying, I'm not sure I know this. I'm not sure I've received this. And so I think the first response is this. It's Jesus' question to Martha. Jesus says to Martha, do you believe this? Her response is, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God. I believe there's a question that just comes to maybe a number of us today. I don't know you all, your visitors, but even those of us who are regulars, I believe the Lord Jesus would just gently look at you today and he would say, do you believe this? Do you believe this? What's your response? You may have some questions. You, there may be things, but Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Is your response, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God. Because the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God did raise him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. You will have eternal life and an eternal hope as you pursue him and keep pursuing him daily. You will know that resurrection life today as well as in eternity. So my question, the Lord Jesus' question to you is just as we wait before him in these moments, do you believe this? An invitation in your own heart right now to say, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. I believe that you rose from the dead. I bring my questions, my concerns, I bring them to you, and I trust that you will answer them in your time. I confess my sin. I've lived without you and against you. I've tried to do it in my own strength. I come today. I surrender my life to you. I invite you, come and be my Lord and my Saviour. And Holy Spirit, I welcome you, Christ in me, revealer of truth, the power of God, the presence of God in my life. Holy Spirit, I welcome you today. Take me forward in your strength and in your power. If you've prayed that in any way, sincerely and clearly today, I just want to invite you to tell someone else a bit later on, maybe come forward in a minute for prayer, but tell someone that you know 
about it because we are made to be together and to stand with each other, to support and encourage each other. The second area of response, I believe that for some of us, we need to receive assurance. If you've confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You are hidden in Christ. I want to pray even now. I want to invite you in a a bit. I will invite people to come forward who'd like more prayer. But right now, if you're saying, I just have doubted, I've been unsure, I want to pray right now in the name of Jesus that a spirit of assurance would come to your body. That those who are unsure, we might say wobbling, I just wobble a lot. Lord, come with your assurance. I am saved. I'm a child of God. I'm kept in Him. I'm secure in Him. He who gives me life will not lose me. He will bring me (coughs) to the end. So I want to pray right now for anyone, Lord, here who's just got fear. Yeah, I just want to pray. Break off fear. Fear of death. Lord, where there's anyone here who's just really worried, every time you get an ache or a pain or a pins and needles or whatever, oh, what might this be? What might this be? Lord, we break that off in Jesus' name. Break it off today. Lord, let faith rise up through your words. The truth of your word that's been preached today. I'm alive in Christ. I'm kept by him. I will not die. I will not fall asleep in Christ until the day he wants me to. And so I will persevere. I will press on. I will throw off those things that so easily entangle me. And particularly today, Lord, I want to break fear. Fear of death. Fear of sickness. Fear of cancer, I name it in the name of Jesus. Fear of cancer. Lord, we say no, we receive faith in Christ. I am resurrection, I am life. I receive your life today. Lord, I pray for those who are in fear. May they receive the life of Christ today. Free from works as well. Free, oh I haven't done enough. I need to do some more stuff. I need to give some more money. I need to serve. I don't want anyone to serve the children out of fear of pleasing God. I'd rather have the children in every Sunday than have a bunch of people under condemnation serving the children. That's not what we're about. Please hear that. You might be stretched. You might be challenged. But don't serve. Don't give out of condemnation. Do it freely. Do it joyfully. Do it out of a knowledge of knowing I'm in Christ. I've been blessed. I've been filled. So fear of of not doing enough. I break that off today in Jesus' name. Where people are, "I, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm a good enough Christian. We break it off, Lord Jesus. There is nothing we can do to earn our salvation. There is nothing that we can do to make us love us more than he loves us today. Because he died for us. And he rose again. He triumphed over sin. Now receive it, brothers and sisters. Receive it. 
receive it. And as you go to your finances and as you begin to give generously and sacrificially, do it in the presence of one who says, I am the resurrection and life. I've got an eternal hope. I've gone ahead to build a house for you in eternity. Oh God, help us to receive these truths today. Help us to receive these truths today. Lord, for one or two here have been frightened to be radical. Been frightened to take that radical decision. Lots and lots of what ifs. What if? What about? What about the children? What about my elderly parents? What about the house? What about? What about? What about? Just believe that as you know assurance, as you get hold of the fact you're in Christ, that He is your power and authority, He is your life. I believe the Lord would say, I want you to be ready to take those steps that I'm asking you to take. But do it in assurance that I'm with you, that I'm for you. Father, I pray, I pray if there's one or two here just questioning, should they take that radical step? I pray that the truth of your word would get bedded into their lives, that they would know, no, I'm his. He's mine. I'm secure in him. And so I will go, and I'll go, and I'll go, and I'll go until he takes me to be with himself. Lord, speak to your people today. Help us, Lord, to step away from complacency and compromise. Lord, where there's been compromise in our lives, we, we ask your forgiveness. Where there's complacency, we ask your forgiveness. We say, let your fire come again. Let your fire come. Let faith rise up again in us. <clears throat> I'm just going to invite, if anyone would like to just respond, <clears throat> just say, do you know what? I really feel God's been meeting with me, speaking with me. If you want to come and stand here just as an act of response, please do. Um, I'd love to pray for people. I'm sure Ashley would as well. I just want to pray in what God's been doing. Let me read um, these words. Can't see because the shining. And it's five two. Let me just read these words as we come to a close. We'll we'll just continue gently in worship, but feel free to respond. This is a hymn that I used to sing, probably around the time that my my mum died. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, life is worth the living because he lives. Amen? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. There are things I'd love to pray for you if there are things you're facing tomorrow. But my prayer will be, it's because he lives and you are in him. If you've got fear, fear goes because he lives and I'm in him. He holds the future. I don't know what the future holds. He holds the future. And so I'm in him. Life is worth the living because he lives. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you. May, May the Lord turn his face towards you in these days. May you see his face. May you know assurance and encouragement. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Please come and be prayed for if you'd like to. I'll just share together. Um, there's tea and coffee and children to be collected next door. So thank you.